Well, well, well. Nice of you to fucking join us. You know, I didn't think we'd make it, but we did. How are you today? I am excellent, man. It's, so, it's, uh, it's great to be on the show, man. Apologize for the connection issues I could have had. Uh, you know, should have had all, it's all good. the TNT squad over here, and it still wouldn't have done anything. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm used to doing the tech support with you, boomers. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's, let's jump into it. <clears throat> Clear my throat. It's been a lot of Xavier Wolf. No, no, let's, um, let's make it proper. Oh, look, now now I'm getting some fucking feedback, which you did. Look what you done did. Yo, are you in LA right now? Yes, sir. Oh, it's early for you. So, okay. okay. I'm just getting started, yeah. Yeah, I am preparing. Actually, no, my day's a little long today. All right, anyway. I would like to welcome everyone to the 62nd episode of Money Trees. Online marketing is crucial to success, yet extremely difficult to get right. There are forces most are unaware of that are responsible for getting content in front of their face. Today's guest is one of those forces. A savvy social media expert and lover of Henny and Lemonade, we have Tim Jenneret here on the show. How are you feeling today, G? Feeling like I could use a little Henny and Lemonade, but other than that, I'm not a damn complaint in the world, man. Been waiting for this for a minute. Glad we can connect. I've been watching Money Trees grow and waiting to be a part of this segment for a while. So I'm in my best mood right now. Yeah, we're excited to have you on here. You are the first uh, egg that we've had on the show. You have no profile picture. While you are a social media expert, you do not lend your expert skills to your own profiles, which I get. You're busy slaying it with Bloom. And, you know, you're out in L.A. now. You where were you at before LA? Kind of a, a hybrid mix of Montana and DC, but just for you know to go with my egg profile and the low profile, I like to keep. We'll just say Montana. Yo, you ever watch the show Yellowstone? Uh, everyone asks me that while I'm out there. I've watched some of it. I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be way more violent than it was. One of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you know i've watched it it's pretty good it's kind of accurate of how, how things are out there a little bit i don't know man that shit was pretty violent from what i saw you know getting a little active over them cattle i got three anyway. episodes in to be honest I didn't really, oh, okay okay yo the latest season shit starts off with like a full-blown fucking jason Bourne style shootout it's it's intense oh so um, i'm just impatient then all right I'm going to have to hang around a little longer for that one. Yo, I love being out in nature. Is Montana your happy place? Like, why did you leave to go to LA? <sighs> um, for work, Montana is my happy place. You know, I, I, coming out of being there, I was leaving coming here, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm already fucking retired. Like, what am I doing? You know, at least that's what it felt like. Um. It's the best place in the world, man, for me. It brings me back to myself, recalibrates, you know. It's at a, it's away from some of the super commercial energy out here. So I, I really appreciate the time to just kind of like take it all take it all back in and just really return to myself, you know. That's why I love it. And so what what about LA was like, okay, let me get up out of here and move to the City of Angels? Yeah. Um so a lot of my community is out here in 
I think there's a big breach um, in accessibility, personability. Um, there's not really, there's not really too much of a human component I've seen on in the digital marketing space, in the artist development space, and you know me being an artist myself. Um, at that, you know, and any music I take on, I like, you know, taking it as if it were my own, you know, and putting it in my perspective. So when I can get the FaceTime with my community and my clients, uh, I think it makes up a world of a difference of the impact I can have on them. Uh, they can have on me and our working relationship just becomes way more fruitful for that. That being said, I've come out here and, you know, um, like like my egg, you know, I've I've been trying to keep a low pro- profile because it's been it's been pretty intense since the jump. You know, I'm almost missing Montana, but in the same vein, I'm I'm just grateful to have uh, the community out here that I do. You know, so this is where I need to be. It's a higher playing field. It's where the action's at, and you know, uh, trying to strike while the iron's hot, but also where it's hot. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I get that one thousand percent. I mentioned the the Henny and Lemonade. We had met up in New York. We were talking just uh, artist marketing and social media and growth and a whole bunch of other fucking buzzwords that people put in their pitch decks to attract people. One thing that stood out is you're talking about it now is that FaceTime you were willing to put into it. The human element that you add, especially with something as virtual as online marketing. What about this space made you want to start a career in online marketing? I don't know. I've always loved to, to, to help people, you know, like for instance, and beyond music, you know, just like growing up, that was always just how I was raised. Um, and as commercial and kind of cliche as that answer sounds, you know, in the same right, I kind of lost the path making, creating my own music. So I kind of wanted to, you know, one, I, I you know, I've always had a big network of, of, of friends, colleagues, this and that, and, you know, kind of had this background from, from uh, my time at Northwestern and in light of not wanting to make my music career ever feel like a chore, I felt like this was a great way for me to get involved. You know, I've always been a music head my life too. So, um, really thought I could just make an impact helping shape people's brands from having the perspective of where they are on the other side of the table, you know, my just innate passion to really just help bring people to their fullest you know fullest extent i mean like like helping people blossom and and you know even when we we crack a career or we we make someone go viral i never take credit for that you know we helped we helped shape the music in like maybe a more a friendlier way to the platform where we're marketing on, but a lot of p- artists don't really realize, you know, how close they are to striking gold. And I, I feel like I can see a lot of uh, things in people that maybe they don't on their own, just, you know, as, as other, a lot of other people do about with other people's art, but I really wanted to take that an extra step and, you know, f- help, help really flesh out these diamonds from, from, from the dirt, you know, and really kind of like uh, uncover and, and, uh, enhance so much of the talent that's already out there. You know, like I said, like it's really, there's so, in, in this day and age, it's so hard to, you know, jeez, uh, like cut through the noise and just be heard when, even when your music is already good, you know, with the network I already had and kind of the background I had in, in marketing, I, it was kind of a no brainer, you know? Yeah, no, I, I get that. And 
thinking about that with artists, right? And people not understanding how close they are to success or to breaking through. You've come up with a really interesting approach to promoting and helping artists go quote unquote viral. Tim, I'm going to need you to mute your mic. I know it's your first time on Spaces, but I hear you click clacking away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 fu- I'm fucking No, weird. no, I'm, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm in my fucking place. I'm a noob on this shit. Neither. Yo, man, when I asked you to send me your uh, your profile, I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't follow him on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, he's not using Twitter, which, again, there's no issue with that. Money Trees the Meme is all about the conversations that I have on the fringes. And it's turned in, you know, over the last, I'd say, 30 to 40 episodes really into like in-depth interviews with people that I rock with and believe in in the space. But at the same point, it's like, yo, it's really dope getting to hear some of these conversations I have with, again, you're one of those forces that you, I won't, I won't name names because I don't know how public some of it is, but one of Web3's most known musicians has already utilized their service to raise a bunch of money via TikTok. And, you know, it's, it's things like that. It's, it's kind of fun peeling back the curtain and giving people some insight on layers that they just don't even realize are at, are at work. Speaking on you getting a little bit involved in the NFT game, you know, I'm heavy, big believer in Web3 and the blockchain. Not as much of a believer in music NFTs in its current state, but I think we're going to start witnessing, you know, a massive, massive evolution in the way that music NFTs are marketed, sold, etc. I don't know if you saw, and if you haven't, I'm going to have to shoot you a bunch of info on it, but Instagram and Meta, I, I can't, ugh. every time I call Facebook Meta, it like, anyway, I digress. Instagram <laughs> and its parent company, <laughs> Instagram and their parent company are going to start allowing artists to display NFTs on their profile. Have you seen that announcement? I actually have seen that announcement, yeah. So we've talked a little bit at it. Where where do you stand on NFTs just as a whole? Like, and you know, you could you, I'm not expecting any type of expert response, just like where are you at with it? I'm at it's a really like multifaceted answer, right? Like there's you know, I, as you know, like I when I'm like going into that space, I'm definitely relying on like, you know, some of my expert connects when I really need to help someone push a project in that in that regard. You know, it's 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 something like I'm looking forward to expanding upon more. But I what I really find it like so interesting about it is and especially with that advent of the release of that feature on Instagram, like you know, NFTs are it, it, the rarity and the scarcity of them, you know, is what makes them valuable in a lot of ways. And I really wonder how commercializing it, like like it, it will be on Instagram, is going to change that. You know, I work with some artists who were, were dropping NFTs with, like for everyone who goes to a concert of theirs, they're getting like a free NFT. And I feel like that makes people feel like very woven to that artist's narrative, um, really makes them feel like a secondary character in their story. And, you know, I think it's great on Instagram, especially for like the average, like, you know, artist entrepreneur, artistpreneur, as they say, you know, like that. I think that's going to like make this so much more accessible to people. But I wonder, I wonder just like, the impact of like making that so commercial so fast like 
what kind of effect that will have on the whole scarcity element, you know, uh, especially if like any 13 year old who doesn't even know what an NFT is can just kind of pick it up and or just like like even accumulate or acquire one without really a second thought. I, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, I have too many, but <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your stance on it because at the end of the day, I think that sometimes people like to be very forceful, like, oh, if you're not in Web3 right now, you're getting left behind and it's all moving so fast. Yeah, I hear that. And, you know, my, my stance is, and this is actually something I'll talk to Black Dave about, who's a popular Web3 artist, is that it's not the space is moving fast. There's just a lot of shit happening. And it's different. Yes, yeah. there's a difference between progress and content. There is a lot of content that is going on. But as far as progression and things actually moving, you know, we'll say uh, up into the right on the graph, uh, I don't know. So I think marketing is marketing is marketing. And when I say that, it's like, yo, the ways like you, you've had to sell things for hundreds of years and the method of sale and the way you would go about it may change and vary as, you know, generations and means um, are different, but at the end of the day, you have to create value for a consumer or a person that you are selling to. And the, I'll say right now, a lot of that value comes in the form of attention, where you need to do things that capture someone's attention or make people want to give you their attention. You know, whatever form of it is, uh, I'd say at the core, a lot of it stems from attention. If you can capture someone's attention, you can either monetize that attention or find ways to have them pay you for the attention of theirs that they're holding. So when it comes down to like selling NFTs, Instagram becomes an interesting thing to me because I'm like, okay, well, how much does like have you bought anything off the Instagram shop? I know I haven't. I think that it's like a ridiculous feature, but I'm sure that there's enough data that backs it up that says no, it's worth having it on there. Um, and it's funny because I'll be with certain people and I'll see a Facebook ad get their attention and then they go and buy it. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're the conversion. And of course, you know, we've done that type of marketing and we've done ads. So we know that it does work. It's just like, to what extent? And so this is all a little bit of a tangent. When I think about NFTs and social media, I'm still unsure like what the value proposition is. Like you said it, okay, it's supposed to be about this scarcity and now you're making it widely available. Well, to me, I don't think the value should come from scarcity anyway. I think that to your point, like, yo, if you show up to a concert, you get an NFT, there's value in that because it's verifiable digital ownership. And being able to verify that this person actually went to that contract, you know, to some ex or to that concert. Um, via smart contract, there's some value there. And a lot of this may sound uh, a little bit like gibberish. Um, and some of it is, man. I, I swear, like, I, I love the space because I know that when the innovation gets right, we'll, like, this is, like, this is where everything is heading. I just don't know that everyone has to necessarily quit what's working for them to come and build over here. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. For sure. But can I ask you yeah, a question? About yeah, for sure. For sure. So like you literally, I mean, this was, was going to be one of my talking points at some point, but just like how attention is like a social currency, right? Like, um, you know, like I'm 
what I'd love to know as someone who spends a lot of time in this field and, and whose opinion I really respect on this stuff, like in this age of like microwavable content and, you know, NFTs maybe becoming a little more commercial, but as you said, like the value is not necessarily just on their scarcity, but given like how limited the public's, like the, the general person's knowledge on NFTs is and Instagram just bringing that to the forefront of everyone's attention, like, you know, kind of, which will cause a ripple effect of, of, of tons of artists, like getting on this bandwagon that definitely probably weren't even, maybe were considering it before. How do you think that shift in attention while with also like coupled with that shift in like, commercial ability for nfts if it's even a word you know what i'm saying like how is that going to impact the nft space in your opinion especially with the ways like you know people consume music everyone's attention is like just you know you get people for seconds these days and um there's almost so much accessibility it can be overwhelming and paralyzing sometimes so you know like i'd love to know just where you think uh that's kind of heading with this who if I had the answer, I would be building the platform that solves it. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I'll 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 flip it to say that I, I think that I, I use this example of the iPhone and the App Store. And when the App Store first came out, do you remember when the lighter app was like one of the top apps? And you yeah, had this beer, lighter beer on your phone. App. Yeah, and none of it was real. It was all like kind of a fun little novelty stuff, but None of it actually had substance, but that didn't mean that it wasn't valuable. It was valuable. I'm sure that there were ads placed on it or whatever the mechanism was for profiting um, or it set up you know, some other deal later. So I, I come into this space with, very, very, uh, with a very open mind where the main reason why I do money trees and I have these conversations and I record them is one, to listen back and see how things have changed and see like – where my guests or my own perspectives have shifted and grown, but also to kind of document the journey through where we can listen to this conversation now. And in a year and a half, we might be like, oh yeah, no, no, no. This is how we have to market it. This is what we need to do on TikTok. This is what's going on over here, blah, 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 blah. And we kind of have that, uh, like we've planted that seed for us to nurture and pay attention to. Like even thinking on, on NFTs and TikTok, like, I was looking at something the other day, and ByteDance is one of the most valuable companies in the world. They're worth like $360 billion, TikTok's parent company, sure. which is a much better name than uh, Meta. Anyway, I, I don't <laughs> agree. Before, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, Zuck's going to be – well, actually, this one – this one. No, not, I'm not even – yo, I, I'm so uh, – I have such a little weird paranoia about uh, the internet and like audio shit. And it's one of those things where it's like the fucking weed dealer that's selling little uh, $20 bags is like worried that the feeds are watching him. It's, yeah. That's just such a waste of resources. Dude, they're tapped you in guarantee, right now. Yeah. They're listening yeah, right you're, now. You're not on, on anyone's <laughs> radar. Stop playing on my phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. Um, hey, by the way, we got that shit less for 20, though, if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure out in L.A. 
Um, yeah, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna pref. It's not even a preface. It's a it's a, I guess a, a post face. A, po- a post face. Um, this money trees episode was genuinely <laughs> one that I wanted to have just because I love t- chopping it up with Tim. I always say these episodes are based on how my friends grow in Web three and beyond, and so I want to I wanted to explore what that looked like for you, right? So now we've, we're already seeing that there's going to be some type of shift with NFTs being made available um, via Instagram. And let me let me not just, I, it's not, not, not that it's a cop-out, but let me give you an actual prediction, right? So there are less people that own NFTs than that live on the island of Manhattan. And when you think about how small of, actually, you know what? Those were some old statistics. So let's even say New York City, right? Like there are less people that own NFTs, less unique owners than there are in the city of New York globally. And when you think about that, it becomes like, whoa, that's a really, really small market. It's big, but it's small at the same time where the entire breadth of this new technology can be, you know, compared to one of the largest cities in the world, but still a city nonetheless, not a country, not you know uh, a state, but a city, and that means that this exposure that's going to be provided is going to inevitably create more demand and more attention in the space. Which means that artists are inevitably going to need to figure out ways to market their NFTs. I think the big thing is like, yo, again, what what you do is you help capture people's attention where artists have to figure out why they want to make some shit in NFT. Because at the end of the day, it's like, yo, I could just sell you a digital collectible, but why do you need to prove that you own it? What blockchain is it going to be on? Where does the education come in? And again, a little bit of a tangent here. I want to spend these last few minutes more just asking you some questions. It's the Tim episode, number 62. You got a fly note. I didn't post your note because... <laughs> You said no, I'm, I'm going to. For when I post this Keep, episode, I'm going to share with you. Please, yo, please. but it's just As like you you're a fucking egg, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm the shadow puppet master, though. That's the other thing, bro. You don't even see it coming. And it's really crazy to me because hidden in plain view, dog. That's it. Literally, one of the biggest music, and I'll let people, you know, maybe they'll figure it out. But one of the biggest music NFT artists has used you for a campaign, and it's just like, you know, this is like the cabal shit that people be talking about and not realizing, yeah, like, I'm yo, just an egg, bro. <laughs> like, it's independent, but I think that that I always say it's like, yo, like, label services are important. Sure, labels and their contracts can be a little off, but. You need help marketing, and it's just – it's very, very discounted, man. Like people love to make it seem like they did all this on their own, and meanwhile, they're tapping in with the egg from Montana to, <laughs> to get their boost. <laughs> Yo. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. No, I'm done. No, <laughs> no name. So, um, My surname, actually. <laughs> can you uh, – you you mentioned something earlier about artists not necessarily being aware of when they're about to hit. Why, in your opinion, does consistency matter in this day and age of uh, you know digital artists and digital music and digital art? Oh, I'd love to talk about this. Um, I mean, couple things right off the bat, like going back to what we said about how 
attention is a currency and how fragile and delicate it is. Um, I mean, this is a multifaceted answer because it's like you're, you have to pay attention to your existing fans, you know, the prospective new ones, and also pay attention to a lot of these like algorithms that you're having to like coax and nurture and, uh, you know, forge a relationship with, um, you know, I think it's really hard to, man, like in this, at anywhere, anytime, any day uploading my music day and age, you know, anyone with a laptop or, or even an iPhone could put out a song on the internet these days. And, and if you have enough money or if you're an asshole and just want to like boost up the numbers to like fake your success from an optics or stamp standpoint, you can capture attention you can capture a lot of attention with, you know, putting in very little effort, especially for people who like, you know, from the naked eye might think you're, you're an artist that's popping off to maintain that attention though, is something entirely. And that's where the consistency piece comes into play. Um, you have to let people know, you know, people want to fall in love with the, with, with the, with the narrative of not just, you know, the, the, the music, like the, like the story you're telling in your music, but also what you do on a day-to-day -day life. And a lot of these apps, you know, like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, they all kind of showcase a different glimpse as to what your daily life is like. And without the consistency behind it, I mean, not only are people just going to care less off the bat, they're going to think you're less engaged, less active, and their attention's just going to shift to the next hottest thing. I mean, you know, we have artists dropping two, sometimes three projects a year, and it's so hard to compete with. So, like, you constantly have to be, you constantly have to be just kind of like punching against that ceiling, like glass ceiling, in order to like kind of break through. And you know, the other, the other half to that is. Um, you know, I mean, using like Spotify as an example, you have to, if you're not releasing music consistently there, you know, you're, 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 you're telling that algorithm that it, you're not worth its time. Essentially you have to, I, I like saying that like, you know, the, um, the Spotify algorithm is a TV network and like your account is like a TV show. And you want to sell them on giving you a prime time slot. And how do you do that? Well, you, you release on a consistent, predictable cadence. And you tell that algorithm, like, hey, I'm going to be putting this out in front of people and sustaining, you know, um, my, quote, TV show with a fan base or an audience. And whether that's through real playlisting or real advertisements, um, you know, you need to prove that as well. So it kind of really becomes this thing where, um, you know, the more consistent you get the more precious that momentum is especially to leverage that across multiple platforms but also um because in a second it can all be gone and everything you did was you know maybe not for nothing but it it it, it can really be taken for granted easily so that's why i think that's really um something that's you know, one of the most important factors of this, like a really consistency is the glue, the little things like the posting on your socials every day and repurposing that across every platform you release on. Um, it's, it's everything. It's, it's everything to, you know, not only making my biggest campaigns a success, but to, to helping an artist kind of 
break through and, and potentially go viral on their own accord, you know, from, um, or on their own merit, you know, from, from just a post, from just their audience, like building and engaging with them and like creating this, these staggering, engaging building blocks of fan retention over time. You know, it's, it's, it's everything today. Um, so yeah, long winded answer, but no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think that, you know, and it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because before, uh, because for a lot of people, maintaining that consistency is incredibly draining, and it becomes like, oh, well, you know, I just want to be able to work on this project and you know eventually get it out, and it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. That in order to compete in these current landscapes, this is what you have to do. Now, Web three is saying that they offer a new model for it. But it hasn't quite yet been built yet because all the ways to sell your NFTs still require very consistent posting. Or in the very rare, because then people like to point at the rare cases as well, where like, yo, at the end of the day, Beeple's 5,000 days was because he was putting out art every single day for every day. Years. I remember that. So <laughs> it's like for years too. That's, that's not, you know, a decade plus. And so that's on one end of it. But then you could look at like, we see what happened when Kendrick just dropped his first song in what four or five years, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, I want to be like this." And it's like, "Yo, there is one Kendrick Lamar. Like, we are talking potentially a top three all-time rapper. Like, if you are that, if you are one of the best, the, the three best in the last fifty years to do what it is you're doing, you can probably skip a lot of these steps." But unless you're that, you most likely need to be playing the game. And that is the – it's a tough, tough kind of realization to come to. And so a lot of people's thing is like, oh, well, F it. We're going to create this new landscape. And I'm all for that. Hopefully that works. But, Hell yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's tough. And I'll say this. You talked about like having money and what that can do for perception. If you're listening to this – if you're gonna buy views, buy engagement too. <laughs> like, Cheers. Yeah. Because hello, please, if you're listening I, to this now, listen to this man. <laughs> it's like, yo, when I go and look at your video and I see 10 million views and 10,000 likes, and then I go look at a video with 1 million views and 80,000 likes. It's clear which one has the real views. And people are so obsessed with that perception that they forget that it's like, yo, you'll quickly be disconnected because, like, okay, maybe you can pull the wool over on some people, but we know about stream farms. There's so many memes about stream farms to this day that, like, it doesn't hold the same emphasis. And so that's where it's like, again, I love having these conversations because I want to document it and say, like, hey, I believe in a lot of Web3's potential. I'm just not sold on what I'm seeing from a lot of the current platforms. I think that the blockchain, whoo, and I don't know, we're getting some feedback there. Um, but I think, the, I, think, I think the blockchain, the opportunities that it presents, again, with verifiable digital ownership in such a virtual landscape that you know we all operate in is incredible. But Yo, streaming is still the best thing for the consumer when it comes to music. Like we look at TikTok. I just said ByteDance is the most valuable comp- one of the most valuable companies in the world. That is for the most part on the backs of TikTok. The TikTok algorithm 
similar to most algorithms, rewards that cadence, rewards that uh, that high view retention, rewards that re- repetitive nature. And of course, from an artistic perspective, it, it doesn't necessarily sit right with everyone, but the game is the game. And you can either complain about the game or you can decide to play it. And again, like Tim, I'm, I'm so glad you came on this episode because that to me is like you're just an example of that. Like, yo, you make an entire career on understanding how to play the game. You're you're agnostic. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it that. Oh, hell yeah. Like, you know, you're going to adjust and I'm sure we'll have more conversations about how to flip the nft algo but it hasn't really been developed yet there isn't a consistent way to have nft sales you can say yes and point to examples but for all the ones you point to i'll show you a hundred that are doing the same thing and it's not working okay is it the collector market okay is it hype okay are the sales even real okay like what are we actually buying is it over promised utility it's it's the fucking wild wild west and i think the sooner people accept that the more successes we'll start to see because we're understanding like, yo, what's going to work for you may not work for others. The formula does not exist yet. I'm going on record and saying that. And then maybe people can highlight in three months and say, oh, no, look, this formula worked here. And I'll be like, oh, shit, I was wrong. Well, I don't know. Cool. I love it. I love, you know, I'm I'm going to stick with my stance until I see otherwise. Yo, can I ask you one more question I forgot to ask? Yeah, what's up? What's up? I really wanted to know your opinion on this because I've been hitting with tons of these requests recently of people making the like these NFT artists that are just basically like auto-tuned up, like hella distortion. Like it's like a funny joke. They're making like a cartoon character, but their whole projects and I've I've gotten some pretty extensive like uh career like rollout plans from some of these just artists that are just like like one of them's names oh, I'm not gonna name drop. But uh they're just like they're, they're they're meant to be like spoofs of like actual artists, but they're growing in popularity, and it's just all like a, it's like a meme, literally. Um, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Man, I am. This is where I'm the boomer. I'm very much I gotta the old you man. Called a for real. You're gonna I, you're gonna geek. Yeah, no, but crazy I, shit. I, I remember when I saw Little Michaela, and I was like, I don't know, y'all. Like, <laughs> This is tough. This is tough. Okay, we're well. getting into yeah. We're getting into weird, weird, um, <laughs> some weird shit. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> and so and so for me, I just say some shit's not for me. And in other situations, it's not that it can't work. It's like yo, there's for sure opportunity there. There's people who relate to it. There's a story to be told. And like you said. All you have to do is be able to sell a narrative. All you have to do is be able, well, not even sell, to tell a narrative that people believe in. And you can market a product and you can get product into the your target audience. So my opinion is that it's for sure going to work. Universal bought two Bored Apes or signed a Bored Apes band or whatever they did right. to make music through that. And the hype alone is going to carry that. Who knows how far? to to somewhere <laughs> like they're already getting attention and so <laughs> I, yeah i'm not gonna say that as far as longevity i don't believe in it and i'll go on record saying that like nah i don't i don't believe in it but does it have to have longevity to be successful what is your definition of success these are all things that you know are gonna vary person to person so like who the hell knows man um that's that's where i'm about where i'm at <laughs> yeah so yo again this this was meant to be a chop up 
there's there's two <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because in my head I'm like, yo, there's a bunch of other things I wanted or I still want to ask you, but it feels like more of an offline. This is definitely one of those combos where it's like, yo, there's just game that not that I can't share it online. It's like I don't want to put you in any positions. No, that will be that will be I the know. NFT version that's unlockable <laughs> that you could pay $99.99 for <laughs> for this week only. Oh man. Yo, that man, I can't wait. Once the Forex people find their ways to NFTs, <laughs> that's it. we're gonna see some that's real wild use cases. Yeah, there's some real shit going on with that. The fucking uh MLM multi-level marketing or whatever it is. Cut co NFTs. That's yo, most NFT projects really are MLM schemes, but that's a problem. Pro- I mean, a, a statement for another day. Look, Tim, this has been an ill episode. I, I, uh, I have two <laughs> questions I ask everybody on the show before I let them get out of here. So, the first question is going to be, What is your seed phrase? Now, in the crypto space, your seed phrase is normally your account recovery key, it's the 12 or 24 word uh, passcode that's given to you that gives you access to your crypto wallet. To me, seed phrase isn't a scary enough term for something that requires you know, a high level of security. You lose access to your seed phrase, you lose all of your assets, all of your NFTs, all your cryptocurrencies, potentially. Here on Money Trees, we're repurposing seed phrase to be a saying, a quote, a slogan, a motto, a lyric that you live by that embodies your approach to your art, to your career, to your craft. Tim Jenneret, what is your seed phrase? Um, I had a more extensive one, but I'm going to like boil it down to keep it, keep everyone's attention. You know, if you were listening earlier, um, but I think this goes out, you know, to, to like, you know, something I was thinking about, I was picking between a couple things and I was trying to think of one thing that really could maybe appeal to a lot of the potential artists listening to this. And it was, um, it's a quote from Talbot Mundy's like, uh, I say sunrise, it's like a book from the fifties. It's like, you know, a philosophy on how to enjoy your life the best. And, um, this guy says this quote, he goes, you know, like your, your best friend, your worst enemy, your biggest creditor, debtor and judge. And you were all these things all at the same time. And, uh, that quote has always had a profound impact on me in everything I've done throughout my life. Every time I've been up, every time I've been down, you know, like every time I've been in the pits of like really trying to make, um, this business become the, 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 the machine that it is today. So like, you know, if anyone listening to this, that feels like they're, they don't know how to crack into any of the things we just talked about on this show. They don't know how to navigate this ever adapting landscape. Um, you know, you can do all that shit. You just have to buy into that and, and, and be, be hyper, hyper aware that you are really the master of your own destiny here. So that's what that seed phrase means to me. There it is. My second question hey. is going to be. <laughs> And I, I know, I know, I didn't, I didn't tweet it out beforehand again. I, I just had to enjoy the fact that you were an egg for this live recording. <laughs> but um, I'm a uh, one of one. <laughs> no, yo, we we have your one of one money trees number sixty two note that will be listed for sale. What is the price of that NFT going to be? Oh, shit, you know, I was kind of torn on 
making us a super valuable, you know, I saw just like the range of, um, of prices you had across everybody, but you know, I kind of want to let everybody get on in on the action a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, looking at the current price now, maybe like point, and I want your feedback on here because it really, really kind of seemed like everyone was doing their own thing. But let's do point oh oh like three point oh oh four is that too low i think that's like it's like 20 or 30 40 bucks something like that okay yeah maybe yeah yeah maybe i don't know am i doing my math wrong point one is like 200 200 bucks so point zero one is 20 so point zero zero one is like two dollars no i was I meant one. No, zero. is that Sorry. fuck? Is that how math works? Wow, people are gonna go back and listen and be like, <laughs> "Who's his math teacher?" Make sure my kids don't get him. <laughs> this is a marketing um, consultation, not a math <laughs> consultation. If y'all are listening, tell me, tell, tell me in USD. You're trying to be too fancy, and you. <laughs> I am trying to be too fancy. So I'm looking at the charts right now. I'm trying to crunch the numbers right now. Make really profit from this. Um, no, I'm playing point let's do like forty dollars <laughs> all right there it is yo tim it's been a pleasure chopping it up with you i hope you figure out how to use your mobile device for future no, i'm done i'm no i swear against the wall and i'm fucking done i'm done with phones. <laughs> all my shit's turned into eggs literally you'll never see me again this is it last last segment of technology tim Tim texted me and was like, yo, I'm in here, but like, I don't see a request to speak and sends me a picture of him in on the desktop version. And I'm like, oh, my G. <laughs> Twitter hasn't I'm added that Montana, in yet. Baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, yeah. man, it's, it's love because at the end of the day, you do what you do and you do it at a very, very high <laughs> level. And, um, yo, this is, this has been ill. I'm glad you were able to find your Twitter account. Yeah, you be incognito. I, I get it. I was I was in the shadows lurking for a while. I've since decided to go outside. Found the light. <laughs> yeah, let the sun hit me. I tried to get the tan, but I'm black already. Like, you know, I'm, you know the vibes. So um yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your week. This has been fire, and um, you know we'll be chopping more. Love it, man. It has been such a pleasure being on this show i've been looking forward to this for a very long time and it is one of the most fun things i've done in a minute so appreciate you love the time love love chopping it up with you looking forward to the next time we get to do that all right man